0: Hello everyone, this was a very exciting episode to record because we talked about debt. And yes, it can be, you know, perhaps sort of a touchy topic to talk about, but we had a lot of fun exploring ways that you can pay off your debt sooner. So to quickly summarize, the four topics we discussed were the difference between good debt and bad debt, uh, making debt work for you and the various scenarios that you could possibly be in and how you can get out of it then taking on more debt to make more money so you know leverage how you can use leverage to your advantage when it comes to uh, taking on debt and then understanding interest rates where to find better interest rates you, so you can you know earn more on the money that you've already made now uh quick warning i did start singing at the very beginning of this episode because <laughs> um my professor One of my professors at university, his name is Michael Kennedy. He used to make these fun versions of songs for um, pulling in accounting analogies. And I got super inspired by him for some reason. uh, And I wanted to, for some reason, start off this episode with a song that mimics, uh, that we're excited to talk about debt. So hopefully you enjoyed, please get past it because this episode is very, very exciting and uh, really do think that you will take a lot away from it. So without further ado, Let's dive in.
1: The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended
0: to be for informational purposes only. Keegan, I practiced this, so I want to do it. Do it. Okay. Let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about your money. Let's talk about all the good debt and the bad debt that may be. Let's talk about debt.
1: I feel like this is an episode on debt.
0: <laughs> this is an episode on debt. We we just we talked about it.
1: So short, let's get started. Then.
0: Okay, yeah, so... <laughs> uh everyone who has gotten so far thank you for uh continuing to listen even after my short song there and yeah let's talk about it so today we want to cover uh or actually start with what we covered in the second episode of this podcast which is how keegan paid off his student loans with sixty thousand worth of debt is what you racked up
1: that's what i racked up
0: okay And this is also a special episode because um, we've gotten some inquiries on how crypto can be used to pay off debt. So we decided to make an episode about it. So Keegan, uh, you know, in the second episode, we uncovered how your main goal after you graduated was to pay off your debt. Why was that? What information did you have about debt that you wanted to pay it off as soon as possible?
1: Well, I was just kind of raised to believe that debt puts you under the thumb of whoever you're loaning that debt from.
0: Isn't that true, though?
1: Not necessarily. It really depends. Well, I mean, it is. It is true, but it also depends on what you do with that debt, right? Like, you can make that debt work for you and uh, have it actually like yield you passive income instead of having you uh, like suffer from the debt payments. You can actually use the the capital or like the money that you that you take a loan out for uh, to. Well, ideally, make more money than the interest payments.
0: Yeah, except when you're in university, and if you're, a, you know, a new student. So, if you get into university right after high school, it's, it's, this is not something people are aware of. Like, you right. know, good debt and bad debt is not something you categorize debt in. Debt inherently seems like it's a bad thing to have.
1: Yeah, just saying the word, it makes it like I get the immediate impression that it's a bad thing, and that's the, what I was raised to believe as well. Right? I was raised to believe like, okay, you should probably only take debt to to get a house. Right for a major purchase or an investment in yourself, like your student loans, uh, but uh,
0: but you want to pay it off as soon as possible.
1: But you want to pay it off as soon as possible. Yeah,
0: you don't want to be indebted to someone,
1: right? And and that's actually kind of true. Like any time I've owed my friends money. I've wanted to pay them back as soon as possible, but that's a little bit Yeah, I would because- say that's
0: super different because it's not like they're going to charge you interest for not paying back. And it's also the pressure of, oh my gosh, my, my friend just loaned me this money.
1: At a 0% interest rate.
0: I, like it's not money that uh is sent, like has a contract of any sort. I want to give it back right. ASAP. But that, that's what like 20 bucks or 40 bucks worth of money that we're talking about for a meal or whatever. Yeah. So, so... I want to get back to the second episode we recorded because I remember recently you said that you have learned more about debt. It was actually one of your newsletters. And you talked about how if you would have known what you know (laughs) now about debt, you would not have paid off your student debt this quickly.
1: I wouldn't have paid it off at all. I'd still be paying on it.
0: Okay. And and why is that? What new information did you uncover about debt that made you change your perspective about the decisions that you made three years ago?
1: yeah so one of the ways that i started thinking about debt is as leverage debt is leverage those terms are synonymous and uh, there's a person that i admire in the the social sphere and his name is naval ravikant and he talks a lot about leverage and specifically he's he talks about leverage in two ways one in terms of money and two in terms of your own specific knowledge on a particular subject maybe that's another topic for another time like let's just stick with money uh, but uh
0: it's naval ravikant
1: yeah by the way thank you yes okay <laughs> uh, that sounded like what i said but i uh, you do have a better ear for uh for language
0: I was going to say Indian names, uh, so but sure. So debt def- is leverage.
1: Debt is leverage. And let's actually define what we mean by leverage in a physical sense, because I, th- I think that'll actually make a lot of sense to people. Uh, like if you like a lever, think about what a lever is. It's usually a, a long stick attached to a big machine that allows you to move that big machine, right? And that, that stick, um, you couldn't move the, the machine by pushing your hand into the machine yourself. You need that stick um, to give you I, I forget I'm not like a physicist or anything <laughs> so I'm like struggling to describe this and maybe it's um, more I, trouble than it's worth but like because of the, uh, the length of the stick and the size of the machine uh, the leverage allows you to have a bigger impact move more force with less force Move a more like more move a bigger thing with less force. You know what I'm trying to say?
0: I, I do. It's uh kind of like a wheelbarrow of sorts. Right? Like, like if, if the wheelbarrow has longer handles, then it's easier for you to pick up however heavy the wheelbarrow is and then move it around a
1: much better job than <laughs> explaining leverage
0: instead of uh, if the wheelbarrow had shorter handles because then uh, you have to put in more effort because of the length of the the handles anyway so debt is leverage is a concept that you understand only now. when you well you understand now right uh, but when you learn more about debt in general so but there are still two categories of debt there's good debt and there's bad debt.
1: Right. So, so let's just cover that first then.
0: Well, you know, I have I remember watching some of Rich Dad, Poor Dad videos by Robert Kiyosaki, and he talks about how student loan is bad debt. But in your opinion now, what kind of debt is student loans?
1: Yeah student loans is bad debt but only from one perspective because from another perspective it's it's very good debt right you're investing in yourself it's just whether or not that investment in yourself is actually going to be Pays worth it yeah yeah so, so we have a
0: friend who yeah. has to rack up a lot of debt before uh, she can become a psychologist and that's because she has to get her undergraduate degree and then a master's degree and then another specialized degree and then she can practice after 10 years of education. I think that's true for anyone pursuing a medical degree too. But
1: that's what she wants to do though. So in that case, I would say that's good debt. It's bad debt in the sense that it's student loans. And th- that's a kind of debt that when you claim bankruptcy, it doesn't go away. It's it's debt that you can never get rid of.
0: Yeah. So I guess what pers- whatever perspective you I guess it also depends on the situation, because Mm -hmm. if you rack up student debt, but then you don't get a job in your field, if the job market for that particular profession doesn't exist or isn't flourishing, then you've just paid a ton of money to get a degree that's not going to help you make money using that degree. That's
1: a really great example. And here's why you talked about the job market. Basically, when you go and you try to be employable, uh, you're selling yourself, you're selling your skills. Right. And if there's no market for your skills, then you have invested in yourself in such a way that there is no way to sell yourself. If there's no demand for your skills, then you can't sell your supply of skills. And let's talk about how like, okay, if I if I take on a loan, so if I take on debt to buy a product, I don't know, let's just say concrete but there's no demand for concrete. That's a bad, that's bad debt now, right? Because all of a sudden I'm sitting with this concrete and there's no way to sell it. And the debt that I use to buy the concrete is costing me money, right? I have to pay interest on that debt. Now it would be good debt if I could turn around and sell that concrete at a profit to pay the interest rate and take a profit for myself. That's an example of good debt.
0: Yeah, so I feel like startups always take that risk of taking on debt because they promise the promise of future positive returns or profits are what drive someone to take the risk of taking on debt in the first place. But then you can't determine what the future holds for the debt that you have taken out in the past. That's right. So it's
1: really hard to predict the future.
0: But okay, so (laughs) I still haven't heard you answer why you think you shouldn't have paid off your student debt as soon as you possibly could.
1: Right. Because the debt wasn't costing me that much money.
0: What was the interest in on it?
1: well okay so i did have three loans i had one bank loan and i had two government loans one provincial loan and one federal loan and so so
0: you had a bank loan a provincial loan and a federal loan yeah
1: so the bank loan that was the one that was good for me to pay off because that was an eight percent interest rate and
0: why did you need three loans (laughs)
1: <laughs> because school cost me that much. I yeah, are. i uh, I ate very healthily in school. <laughs> I actually didn't drink very much alcohol at all. and uh, most of my money went to buying me very good food because I was going through a health crisis at the time,
0: okay. Yeah. so you needed three loans.
1: I needed three loans, and the the government ended up loaning me about forty thousand, and then the bank loan was for another twenty thousand.
0: so you're like you're talking provincial and federal combined, yeah. so okay. And so you wanted to, it was better to pay off the bank loan as soon as possible because the 8% interest rate.
1: That was a high interest rate.
0: Was that per annum or per month? Per annum. Okay. Yeah. Per month would have been insane.
1: Uh, yeah, that would, that, yeah, would. don't take it, don't ever take an 8% per month loan.
0: Uh, okay. Sounds good. So... What would you have done? Was it all combined though? Like how- Oh,
1: I would have paid off the government student loans as slowly as I possibly could because that- What
0: was the interest rate on it? It
1: was something something like three and 5% and occasionally it was 0% if I was unemployed or not making enough money. So if I was making below a certain threshold of money, which occasionally after my degree I was, um, I could have deferred the debt payments altogether and just prolonged paying that money, which is essentially free money. Like that—that's what the, that equates to. If I have a loan with a zero percent interest rate for six months, that's free money. Okay. Yeah, or cheap debt. So at three to five percent interest rate, that's cheap debt. Right? Okay. Why? Why is that cheap debt? It's just because how interest rates work—the uh, balance of of what the uh, the interest rate is set at in our country versus how much the bank wants to uh, like to make on the loans that they give us slash the government gives us uh, like the, that interest rate is is cheap it's, it's a very low interest rate.
0: So I have a question here yeah. if everybody had this attitude of yeah. paying off federal student loan debt mm-hmm. as slowly as possible wouldn't that put the country in a pickle?
1: No not necessarily it, it actually really depends on the second part of the equation which is what you do with that money right so if i turned around and bought a car and bought uh video games and all this other stuff that doesn't generate value for me uh with that debt then that would be a bad thing to do then people find themselves in a pickle that's consumer debt
0: not people i'm saying the government so
1: wouldn't that put the government in a pickle yes um well, not necessarily. Cuz
0: like the government needs the money that they loaned to you already.
1: I don't know if they do. <laughs> I mean, they loaned it if they loaned it to me in the first place, that's kind of like almost by definition meaning that they don't need it. Oh. Right? Like if if they needed it, then they wouldn't have loaned it to me.
0: That's a very interesting.
1: Furthermore, scenario. they can just print more money as we've seen in the last year and a half. Yeah,
0: They're well. They're quite
1: willing to do that.
0: That's a uh, that's a let's let's not. Poop on the government like that, Keegan. <laughs> we we know that there that, that's a nuanced discussion. It's circumstantial, so yes, I know. Let's let's not be facetious about this. Okay. Um. All right. So with respect to leveraging debt, now student debt is one thing, and and I'm, what I'm taking away from this is if you have a. Uh, federal or government student loan or even a bank loan that gives you a very uh, good interest rate which means what less than 5 is, is that less what you mean less than 5 let's
1: right? just think in simple terms less than 5% yeah
0: then uh, when the numbers add up you actually don't need to um, you know pay off that debt as soon as possible or feel pressure to do so because If you can take the money that you had previously gotten through the debt and turn it into more money, then that can work out in your favor to inherently generate even more money.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like
0: that's a tough thing to do for so many people, though.
1: Right. It involves knowing what to do with that money, right? Right. Outside of just simply purchasing consumer items with it, right? So you have
0: to be strict with your purchases.
1: You have to do, yeah, you definitely have to be strict with your purchases. Uh, like, okay, so I was thinking about this last week, and I was thinking that there's two types of things in this world. There's things that go up and down in value, and then there's things that you want simply because you want them, right? So video games fall into that category. Um, food is one of those things that you need, but it also falls into that category of you want it simply because you want it. It's, a, it's more of a need. Uh, and then there's things that rise and fall in value, otherwise known as assets, and so if you take that money that you've uh, loaned from whoever and you put it into an asset and the asset gives you some sort of income stream or it depreciates in value more than the interest rate of that debt, then you're you have a net positive situation there. And you make more money than you than the debt is costing. Have you. Have
0: you made an Excel sheet for this?
1: I have. Yeah, I've made several. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> no, because I'm thinking that I can follow the logic of what you're doing. Right. But if I had taken on debt um, the way that percentages work, I personally I can solve any math equation uh, on paper, but um, thinking of interest without like knowing the necessary equations, I can't equate it all out myself. And let's just assume that some of our audience you know doesn't have the know how to do that either know how of how to do that either so like what would you recommend if someone wants to know whether or not the debt that they have taken back is or taken out is good for them or bad for them or how they can make it work for them what would you recommend
1: oh that's that's, that's a really good question uh I, I would recommend learning about these financial literacy concepts uh just type in like google good debt bad debt um watch rich dad poor dad robert kiyosaki Um, oh yeah he
0: does have some pretty interesting videos out there take take some of them with a grain of salt though
1: familiarize yourself with what is a good interest rate and what's a bad interest rate
0: why don't we identify that right now
1: well yeah we've kind of done that so far and we've sort of classified five percent or less as a good interest rate and then everything above that is is a bad interest rate so for example your credit card is between 20 and 30 percent interest that that's really bad debt right
0: because you have to pay 22% on what you owe the on your credit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Per your, month? Per year, okay. right? But it's uh you get a, it. So, Does it's, it compound? It, it does. Like if you don't pay your your credit card bill several months in a row, then it will compound. You'll start paying interest on the interest.
0: Okay. Well, you know, if someone has gotten themselves under a pickle like this, uh, what would you recommend they do?
1: Well, first off, take out another loan. <laughs> to, to, yeah no stay with me here take okay. out a loan at a lower interest rate
0: if that's possible if
1: that's possible then the cr- than the rate that the credit card is costing you so if you let's just say you have a thousand dollars that you owe a thousand dollars to own your credit card okay okay and you're paying 20 percent on that that means at the end of the year you owe two hundred dollars for having access to that thousand dollars
0: because 20 percent of a thousand dollars is two hundred dollars bingo
1: now we can get rid of that $1,000 debt that costs us $200 by taking out a loan for $1,000 at a 5% interest rate. Okay. Right? So we take out that loan for $1,000, we pay our credit card debt automatically, and then at the end of the year, instead of owing $200, we owe $50 because our interest rate on the new loan is 5% instead of 20%.
0: That's a very, uh, I would say... um. Very optimistic scenario for
1: right something so to
0: take place. Be- not every
1: bank is going to give you that five percent interest rate loan, and
0: not every credit score is going to like enable that to happen either.
1: That's right. So you gotta well, if you're employed, then that should be relatively easy to get that that uh, <laughs> that new loan at the bank. But if you're not employed, then uh, then that's really difficult. Or if you're self-employed, for that matter, like us, like the bank is very hesitant to give us loans because we we're self-employed.
0: So tell me again. Um, or tell me another way that someone could get a loan to pay off some really bad interest rate loans using crypto.
1: Using crypto. Yeah. So if you own crypto, uh, and let's just make it simple and say, let's say you own one of the top five cryptocurrencies. So that's uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Coin, USDT. And the fifth one is...
0: How much of it?
1: Uh, so... Yeah, let's actually keep the number simple. Let's try to relate it back to the previous example. If you have $2,000 worth of Bitcoin, then you can take out a loan for $1,000 to pay that debt to pay that uh, credit card debt that you have.
0: Yeah, but you know, if you're already in debt, then how can you take or how can you buy $2,000 worth of Bitcoin? Furthermore, with Bitcoin's current volatility and its continuing volatility, isn't that sort of harmful for someone to make as a first investment into paying back their debt?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, taking on debt in the crypto world is more of an advanced technique, I would say. Uh, we use it all the time because access to credit is actually quite useful. And like like we mentioned before, uh, leverage can be used to make a lot of money, and that's how traders amplify their gains is with debt,
0: or amplify their losses. It or amplify their both losses. Yes, that's just a, very a good quick point. disclaimer: it does go both <laughs> ways.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, if you if you don't know how to balance these equations, then um, then yeah, you can face significant losses, and then you're on the hook for the debt that you made zero dollars on.
0: Okay, so yeah. let's say someone is in a thousand it has owes thousand dollars. Yeah, right to their credit card. Um, and how is, I'm, I'm, this just seems like such a difficult scenario to get out of because if someone has also lost their job right now because of the pandemic, how do they get money to make more money to pay off the money? pay off the debt that's going to eventually have them pay back more
1: yeah th- I mean that is a really sticky situation hopefully the Serb can help them um like that's I, just
0: in Canada though
1: exactly that's in Canada we have this thing it's kind of like ubi for people who don't have jobs in in Canada right or now. lost jobs or lost jobs right um the Canada economic rebound benefit or something like that
0: yeah okay so let's think of this scenario if you can Get I guess like if someone has a thousand dollars worth of debt, thousand dollars worth of debt. The first thing that you want to think of for that debt that uh, accrues a huge interest at the end of the year is how you can reduce that principal amount, right? Like, would that be a good way to go about it?
1: Yeah, like so more so than reducing the principal, you want to eliminate all of the debt at that interest rate, right? Rather than eliminating the principal for that bad it's like more about the bad interest rate than it is
0: about how much debt it is
1: exactly yeah uh right so do you see what i'm saying like you need to go and find better debt (laughs) better debt is defined as debt with a lower interest rate uh like so people who have mortgages will often remortgage if the bank will give them a better interest rate right right because they're ultimately saving money on this house that they don't own right yeah
0: wow that's a, that's a little bit of a not very really great scenario. I've seen like payday loans. that oh,
1: Never take a payday loan if you well, can help it.
0: I know if you can help it, though, just but to just to empathize with people that cannot about afford to not. Almost, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's that's a really bad loan to take. So I don't know, Keegan, what would you what would you recommend about trying to get out of a sticky situation like that?
1: Uh, I would always recommend paying yourself first. So even if you do find yourself in debt, like so for example, credit with credit card debt, it can go away if you claim bankruptcy. So like I do want to can you
0: claim bankruptcy as an individual?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your credit score goes away for seven years. And then after seven years, you have to build up your credit score again. And you're kind of starting from scratch. That's but what kind of does how that works.
0: mean if you claim bankruptcy? It
1: means that you owe the government, at least in Canada, it means that you owe the government a certain percentage of your income. You're not allowed to make more than a certain amount of income in Canada if you claim bankruptcy. For seven years, you have to give some amount of money to the government. Okay. Yeah. And but you have to
0: make money to give money to the government.
1: <laughs> that's right. It's And it's really hard to get credit uh, during... At bankruptcy, I'm actually kind of sure that you're not able to get credit. And then after you claim bankruptcy, it's really hard to rebuild your credit score.
0: I really don't like credit scores.
1: I don't like credit scores either. I actually love the way that the crypto world deals with debt because you have to provide more collateral, more collateral than the debt that you're taking out. And if the worst thing that can happen is if the the value of the collateral drops below the value of the debt that you've taken out
0: right and that's a sticky situation again yeah okay so let's talk about a scenario where um someone wants to get a better interest rate on their money yep and like currently the interest rates at least in Canada or at least with our bank account are not that great so we've devised a strategy where we've just got con- oh, so,
1: hold on. Getting a better interest rate on your savings.
0: Yeah, sorry, did I say debt?
1: Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure. I just wanted to clarify.
0: Yeah, yeah, getting a better interest rate on the money that you already have. Maybe to service debt. Because, like, let's move to a different scenario, right? Let's assume that someone who's listening has debt to pay off, Mm -hmm. but also has a job or also has money.
1: Also has savings, let's put it that way. Also has savings, yeah.
0: And uh, the interest rate of the bank is not really helping them service their debt. (laughs) So what would we do in that that scenario?
1: Yeah, so let's introduce a couple of concepts or terms here. So we we did start talking about savings and you said, uh, what is the interest rate on your savings?
0: Yeah. And
1: can you use your savings to help service your debt? Service your debt just simply means paying the monthly or yearly interest rate. And yeah, you should absolutely be able to make use of that idle money. Your savings is idle money right it's not doing anything for you just sitting there and furthermore if you have cash savings then that the value or the purchasing power of that cash is actually decreasing over time I so actually, it's really important that you get a good interest rate on your idle cash idle savings
0: whenever someone has referred to savings i've always thought of it in cash i've, right, me I've too. never thought of savings in the form of any other asset than cash
1: right but more times than not the uh, <laughs> their savings are invested in mutual funds and and the tfsa such a like like an index or
0: right any So you can also do that is what you're saying
1: uh, your
0: savings can be tur- a part of your savings can be turned into an investment for later use
1: yeah and so what, what i've noticed is like people our age so in their 20s uh, uh teens and 20s they, they're um really mistrustful mist- of the stock market at least this was my experience and who i've spoken with, uh, like in my social circle, uh, were very mistrustful of the stock market. So they have a lot of cash savings, not a lot of asset savings.
0: Actually, I'm going to say this from personal experience. When I was in university and when I worked at at an internship and worked at other jobs, whenever I got paid and it got deposited into my bank account and it was in my savings account, that still was, you know, less than, I think, 2%, like less than 1% interest rate. I just really liked seeing the number. (laughs) I just really liked seeing the fact that I had money because that's what I thought depicted my wealth is how much money I have in the bank account. And (laughs) it's only now that I know that that's really not what determines um, how wealthy I am. Because if I have my money in cash and if I don't do anything with it or don't put it to work, then... It's just sitting there collecting dust.
1: Right. So another way to put, <laughs> another way to put that is... Because th- it's cash. That the number stays the same. Yeah. Uh, or it goes up very, very slowly. But let's just say the number stays the same for all intents and purposes. But the purchasing power goes down. Yeah. So all around us, we, are, we see the coffee going up. We see uh, lumber going up where we are in Nova Scotia. We see housing prices being inflated massively. And yet your cash savings are not earning you enough money to cover the inflation that's taking place around you.
0: Right. If you save your money in cash, then you have to pay more for something 10 years later than you do now. If you have your money saved in investments or assets, then you have to use less money when you convert it back into cash 10 years later for the same thing when you make that investment.
1: Cool. So now let's take this conversation back to debt. And what I'm going to talk about what actually is happening on a macro level right now, many investors, uh, many people who are financially savvy and understand how debt works, good debt, bad debt, et cetera, et cetera. Cash is really cheap right now. It's because governments are printing it all the time. They're giving it to the banks to incentivize spending essentially, to incentivize investment, trying to stimulate the economy.
0: Not, not, I wouldn't say investment, incentivize spending more than anything, because you need someone to spend money to give somebody else money to have an economy work.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say investment, though, because the, the stock market in, in March 2020, I mean, that's what a huge chunk of the money p- printed went to. It was to, st- it was to directly invest in the stock of these companies, because the whole stock market is the pension. Of the countries. Can you
0: say that as a blanket statement? I
1: can can say that as a blanket statement. Yeah, absolutely. The pension funds uh, of like the United States and Canada and the EU, they're all invested in the stock market directly, right? Okay, so taking this back here, the people are taking on debt. And what they're doing is they're buying assets that produce more income or rise faster than what the debt is costing them.
0: That's if the investment makes them money.
1: That's if the investment makes them money. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, so then what?
0: I don't know. I don't know where you're going. With
1: this. <laughs> well, it's actually just kind of striking because um, I know, like, a lot of people our age they don't invest in assets. I I, like my friends are just getting into buying assets and stocks and houses right now. It's because
0: it's not well understood. It's because it's
1: not well understood. You have to go
0: out of your way to understand how to do it. Like I remember talking to a friend of mine um, about a month ago, and she said to me that it's not necessarily hard to understand it once you start, but there's this, um, not imaginary, but there's this assumed difficulty related to investing in stocks that is just associated with the word investment. So even Mm. if it is easy, that barrier of um, assumed definition, Mm. assumed definition of what investments is, is just causes people to not uh, want to explore it more. At least that's what deterred her from looking into what investments are, even though she'd heard of them for as long as she could remember.
1: Right. And and also, I I remember like associating the term investments with the people that, like more or less manufactured the 2008 financial crisis like i didn't yeah. want to be associated with the people like oh they did the investment it was bad investments therefore like the 2008 financial crash happened i don't want to be an investor i don't want to be lumped into that category with those people it's it's not really like that like investment is like the cornerstone of of society right we need people with more money to give it to the people who have good ideas that's proper investment, right? Because then those proper, those good ideas will turn into wealth production, value creation, right? That's, and then there's more money than what the investor put in. And then what the, uh, well, the person with the good ideas or the people with the good idea, ideas, than what they use to create the end product and sell, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Which at that point should be something that solves a problem uh, and adds value to society. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I want to bring this back to the question that I asked you (laughs) that I don't think you answered because we went on this really awesome tangent. Um, But that was, let's say that someone's in a situation where they have debt Mm -hmm. and they also have access to savings that Mm -hmm. are in cash. Mm -hmm. Now, a strategy that we've implemented is we just get a better interest rate, which is more than 1% for, like at this point, it's what, between 45 and 12%. On our debt? No, on savings.
1: Oh yeah, okay. come on,
0: Keen, keep up. <laughs> keep up,
1: yeah, no, I sorry.
0: Um, so what we've done is we have converted, um, some. Overthale, actually, Oliver. I'm just, I'll take an example with numbers. So $200 worth of Canadian dollars. I recently converted into something called TCAD, which is a stable coin and put it in an earn term in crypto.com where I put it in a flexible earn term, which means I can withdraw it at any time. And I was getting a 4.5% interest on it. Now, I can also uh, lock that in for three months uh, and get a 12% interest on it, pay it out in TCAD. So I'm getting more money on my money if I put it in an interest bearing savings type account in something called Crypto Earn. And that's what I prefer. So You know, if you want to service your debt, um, perhaps reduce the principal or pay off your interest rate, what you can do is put part of your savings in an account such as this and use the interest that you receive from this sort of crypto service savings account to service your debt or reduce your principal and service your debt.
1: That was yeah, I like that. Very well put. I I want to just kind of give people a bit of like a flow chart of, for how to think about this and it depends on uh where you are in your financial journey and how much risk you're comfortable taking on at any given point in time. So your question was how do people get out of this situation of uh, of being encumbered by debt? And the first thing to do is is to pay yourself regardless of uh of how what much you What do you mean you by that? Well, if, if you have an income, let's just say you have an income of $100 a month, um, and this is just keeping it simple, uh, whatever you can afford, literally whatever you can afford, put it away, don't touch it. That's it. If it's a dollar... In it's cash? In, let's just keep it with cash just for a second. Just put it away somewhere. Take a dollar of that $100 and put it away. If it's 1%, great. If it's $10 of that $100, that's better, right? That's 10 times better. Whatever you can do, put it away step two if it's cash you should earn a good interest rate on that cash what's a good interest rate on cash more than eight percent eight percent or more if you can earn eight percent or more and with cryptocurrency you can do this uh you should you should be doing that with your savings you're going to see some pretty good growth from that money from your savings and if you're depositing 10 percent of your paycheck on a monthly basis into the same eight percent interest-bearing account that you're going to see that grow pretty quickly it's 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 kind of remarkable uh step three If you're comfortable purchasing an asset like Bitcoin, uh, then you can further increase your savings potential because now you've invested in a scarce asset, something that is designed to increase in value over time and step four, you can earn interest on your Bitcoin. And that's, that's just next level stuff right there. <laughs> Step five, take on debt to buy Bitcoin to earn interest on it.
0: Do not take that as financial advice. <laughs> if you do end up doing that, be careful with it. This is this is not financial advice. Just want to put that out there.
1: Right, yeah, that's like God level. Uh, that's like God level financial tinkering.
0: Are you saying that we're God level financial tinkerers?
1: I don't know. I wow, think it'd be a little narcissistic <laughs> for me to say that out loud. But, but. you
0: just, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, Keegan Francis, everyone.
1: Um. Um, Okay, but seriously, I write about that in our newsletter um, that I publish twice a week. I write a free newsletter, write a paid newsletter. The paid newsletter gives you all the details into that God-level kind of financial tinkering that we just discussed, taking on debt by Bitcoin or an interest on your Bitcoin that pays the debt, et cetera, et cetera. It's a a self-perpetuating positive feedback loop that that you can get into. But uh, I'm glad that you actually brought this episode back around to like leveling with our viewership. And uh, I think more people are probably in the situation of uh, being encumbered by debt than being uh, able to take advantage of the range of financial services that the cryptocurrency world has to offer.
0: You know that uh, you're excluding our atheist audience, right? By but- saying God level? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know how to rectify that.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, let's just say like, oh gosh, I can't... I can't think of something super powerful that isn't also destructive. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: wrapping so, up <laughs>
0: <laughs> to quickly, uh, just talk about the four things that we briefly covered. We talked about debt, difference between good debt and bad debt, and then uh, ways to make debt work for you. Um, then taking on more debt to make more money, but be cautious with that because it is risky unless you know what you're doing. And then even when you know what you're doing, you have to know that you're taking on some amount of risk and then understanding interest rates and how you can make them work for you. So that was that. If you have any questions after listening to this particular episode, we have figured out our niche, everyone. Um, Well, crypto is our niche, but you know, super niche is um, devising passive income streams. So making your money work for you. And we're going to be updating our website really soon to reflect that. Uh, But if you want to generate passive income streams. Uh, with the money that you have or assets that you own, get in touch with us, and uh, it would be a one-on-one VIP session with you to make that true for you too. There you go. Uh, and if you want to do it yourself, then you can always subscribe to Keegan's private newsletter because he literally puts down like steps that you need to take in yeah. order to make that happen for you. Right.
1: I walk you through it pretty, pretty step by step fashion. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. There you go. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. We love talking about debt. I hope you enjoyed my song in the very beginning.
1: Subscribe button, hit like, do a comment, give us five stars. Uh, There, I think I got it. Share it, like it, (laughs) give it to your mom.
0: Wow, you sound very encouraging, Keegan. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in and take care. Stay safe and talk to you next week.